Good evening. In Myanmar, it's early to say good, good evening. Because in the Philippines, it's still afternoon for us. But anyway, we are in Myanmar. When Pastor Mon told me to, to take this opportunity to deliver a message uh, for this church, I just answered very shortly, sure. That's always my answer. I did not, I did not uh, hesitate to answer that because I'm always uh, free to receive any invitation in sharing the Word of God. This afternoon when I noticed we are singing Christmas songs, but I, I was uh, thinking inside my heart, there are parts of the world today that they are not they are not about to celebrate Christmas. I know that this country is becoming free, becoming more democratic. Uh, three years ago, when we, we arrived here, we have a lot of uh, hardship, difficulties uh, acquiring visa. But now, a lot of uh, you know, options. This country is, is getting democratic. And yet, there are still a lot of uh, areas in Myanmar that we have to reach out so that they can completely uh, receive the freedom that Jesus Christ offered to all sinners. I like the song which we sang just a while ago. Like, there are things that seems like God is not working. But remember that God is working, and sometimes we feel He is not working. That is only our feeling. Because God is all-powerful. He knows everything. He is, he is, uh, uh, He's all the power. Now, I do not know your situation, but I'm glad that this church is composed of a lot of uh, different nationalities. I want to see a church in Myanmar that attended by different kinds of group of people, different nationalities. Because sometimes if a pastor is coming from this group, his members is only in this group. You know, God loves to love, God loves the world. And that world does only define one group of people. All people in the world, including Every tribe in Myanmar. May I ask you a question about encouragement? Where do you get most of the time an encouragement, especially when your time of, you know, you're down, you're stressed? Where do you get? Where do you usually get an encouragement? When we sang a while ago, it's like it's an encouragement fellowship. And that's the reason why we, we came here. Because we, went, we wanted to be partakers of that fellowship through singing. But God is continually doing something through his word. That's why worship doesn't end up through singing. And I'm so sad to think about churches, not only in the Philippines but also in Myanmar. They focus more on the singing. But they allotted only little amount of time through the word of God. And what is the result? 
There is an imbalance of Christianity. These are sentimental people. When problem comes, they are easily swayed, they are easily down. Why? Because they do not have the strong foundation from the Word of God. They thought that they are spiritual because they, are, they, they can sing very well. But spirituality is based on the Word of God. That's why, brothers and sisters, uh, this evening I would like to share with you an encouragement merely coming from the Word of God. This is not my word. I could be an instrument of sharing this word. But sometimes we, we, we embrace the whole Bible. Just like, this is my encouragement. That's true, I agree. We came in Myanmar. My encouragement is my family. You know, it's hard to bring a family in mission field. You know, it's, 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 it's not, it's not uh, ideal. Our mission uh, uh, association, our, our, uh, uh, the, the, the organization that sent us here, my family, with my family, did not allow us to go to the mission field with the husband only or the wife. If you have children, they must go with you. So they are my inspiration. They are my encouragement. What is your encouragement when you came here? And sometimes the people whom you, who, you the people that that listen to you, are also encouragement. But I, 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 I will give you something that when you when you understand the wisdom from the Apostle Paul, you will find out that this encouragement, it is a very special letter for the body of Christ. The Apostle Paul is this, the, the special apostle sent to the Gentiles, according to Romans chapter 11, verse 13. As, as far as I am the apostle of the Gentiles, we are Gentiles, I magnify my office. The writings of the Apostle Paul gives us a very uh, personal letter for the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. But sometimes, we are not aware, we are not really, we do not have this, you know, thorough background that the Apostle Paul is teaching us, giving us an encouragement. Turn your Bibles with me. In Second Timothy chapter 1, I'll be reading three verses. Uh, may I ask uh, the congregation, please rise up. Uh, if you have Bibles with you, please uh, open it in Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 8, 9, and 10. Three verses. And I just want you to follow through your eyes while I'm reading these three verses of Scripture. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 8. It says, Be not thou therefore, I'm reading in the King James Version, be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace that was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Verse 10, but is now made manifest 
by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we are blessed tonight because we came together with the purpose of strengthening our spiritual life, our foundation. We thank you, Lord, for the songs that we just sang. And may these uh, things will encourage us, but most of all, coming from your word. Open the eyes of our understanding and made, make this uh, fellowship around your word be a fruitful one to each one of us. This I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may now be seated. I'll be talking this, uh, this, this evening about the glorious calling of God. Glorious calling. If you notice in, in, in verse 8, it's uh, in the middle of this, uh, you know, uh, uh, verse 9, uh, uh, I should say, verse 9, you find out that we have this glorious calling of God. If you are discouraged, if you are in trouble, if you have a problem, try to go back to the scripture and you will find out that this very verse is a special, it's a personal letter of the Apostle Paul to members of the body of Christ. Sometimes we, you know, we get uh, a lot of encouragement uh, from other people. But we forgot that the Bible, particularly the writings of the Apostle Paul, gives us th- these very sweet reminders and encouragement to members of God's family. Think about of your situation. I don't know. I don't know your situation, and yet, in the, in the, the same passage, there is a glorious uh, encouragement. What do you mean by glorious calling of God? Why it is glorious? If you study the Bible by dispensation, okay, different period of times that God revealed certain truth in every age, in every dispensation, you will find out that the Apostle Paul had received a very distinct message compared to the 12 apostles. And I would you like to realize that Apostle Paul is not belong to the 12. You have to realize also, brothers and sisters, because the 12 apostles were called to preach the kingdom gospel. You know, the, the Apostle Paul was called not to preach the kingdom gospel, but heavenly gospel. When Paul received this glorious message, Christ was no longer on earth. He was resurrected, he was ascended, and he is already a glorified Savior. While the twelve apostles received their message when Christ was still on earth. And that is something that you have to distinguish in studying the Word of God. So, glorious, our calling is glorious because when, when Paul was called, Christ was no longer on earth. And, and he received this, the, the first-hand revelation of Jesus Christ. And that's why we, we use this phrase, Paul received 
the, the mystery program, the glorious calling, in the first hand. He did not receive it from the other apostle. This is a unique message. It is glorious because this is designed for heavenly citizens. You know, sometimes uh, we, 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 we love hoping things on earth, like uh, this coming uh, December, we have a, a lot of activities. We, we are very excited waiting for this event, as well as we're excited of the, the new year that God has installed for us. But are you excited of your destiny? Are you, dis- are you, are you excited of the, 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 the promise of God in Christ Jesus? You know, there are lots of promises of God. But you must be sure that the promise that you, you embrace today is a heavenly promise. I would like to speak three things that this, this very simple letter of the Apostle Paul really would encourage us, despite of our situation, despite of our circumstances. And I would like you to, to take note about the first one. I'm talking about, I'm, I would like to ask question, what is the condition of our calling? What is the basis of our calling? Look at your, your look at your Bible in verse uh, in verse uh, nine. Who has saved us and called us to a holy life or holy calling, not because of anything we have done, but because of His own purpose and grace. Our calling is based is according to the purpose of God and grace. It is not based on what we have done. Anyway, anything inside of God, we are all filthy rags. We are all dirty. We are all sinners. Nothing that is acceptable in the sight of God because we are all sinners. So we cannot prove something. And we believe the basis of our salvation is Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Do you know that verse? For by grace you are saved by faith and not, and not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. So our calling... Speaking of salvation, it is apart from any works. Now, next to that calling to salvation, I'm happy that there are from Guatemala here, from Mexico. I came from the Philippines. I want to serve God in Myanmar, reaching the lost. And this level of service, this level, the next level of our calling is calling to service. We serve God. We do not serve the Myanmar people, to be honest. We do not serve the Myanmar people. We serve God through the Myanmar people. That's why you came, right? You have to understand our calling. And this calling, calling to service, it's not based on our goodness. It's not based on our accomplishment. This is according to the purpose of God and grace. When we say grace, it is an opposite to works. It is gift. Of course, uh, many of you study the, the Greek word for grace. Grace and gift, they have, they have the same Greek word, charis. You know? That's why you call charismatic. Those are gifted. We, have, we, we are nothing. The time that God found us, that we are in, in, in our state, in our condition, being a sinner, we are nothing. And the purpose of God 
is to save us, and not only that, to serve Him through different ministries. We have, we have a lot of uh, different nationalities in Myanmar. You came here with 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 variety of uh, mission. We serve God because we realize it is not of our good works. It is based. It is according to His purpose and grace. You know what's what's the point? Why we raise this thing in our ministry? What wherever you were called by God to serve Him in this country, our ministry, we have nothing to boast of because this is the glorious calling of God. You are not you are not you are not doing something good prior to that calling. We are not we are not competing with God because we are nothing in the sight of God. That is the very condition of our glorious calling. Number two, the first question is, what is the condition? The next point, it is the, uh, the, the question about whom this purpose was bestowed. Of course, the verse says that in Christ, look at verse 9. Okay, if you notice in verse 9, who has saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of anything we have done, but because of His own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus. What's the implication of this verse? That those who are not in Christ, then He do not have business with God's calling. Do you understand? Those who are outside of the family of God, you do not have any business of the glorious calling. But you know why we are here? Because we wanted those people to be included in God's family. Right? And that's the very purpose of God. And sometimes we define God's purpose by our own, our own definition. But God's purpose that we know today is about saving people and putting them in to the family of God. And we understood before we left the Philippines, it is clear for us, even my family, that we came here in Myanmar to share the message of the grace of God. We are instructed. We undergo training before we came here. And our mission, see to it that we will preach the message of the grace of God. Because you cannot separate the purpose and the grace of God. The grace of God is the basis of our salvation and even the basis of our calling to service. Now, it's very interesting because the person that God bestowed this saving purpose of God is in Christ Jesus. Think about of your loved ones. Think about of your neighbors. Those who are not belong to the household of God, then they are the subject of our service. They are the ones that we have to rescue from the future condemnation, from the future punishment of sin. You know, sometimes we are, we are really comfortable thinking about ourselves, ah, anyway, I am saved. But how about your loved ones? How about your parents, if you have parents, unbelieving parents? How about your, your siblings, unbelieving siblings? These people... 
must know Jesus Christ. Because the purpose of God was bestowed in Jesus Christ. It's a common verse in John 14:6. It says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That's why we share this, this, this passage because there's only way. If you do not know Jesus Christ, no way, no other way. But here the Apostle Paul specifically mentioned about the purpose of God the Father was bestowed in His Son. We know Jesus Christ, but we do not know Jesus Christ according to the flesh. The Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. Paul says, I do not know Christ in the flesh. Of course, none of us in our generation was able to meet Jesus Christ. But what Paul is saying here is that he knew Jesus Christ according to the resurrected, to the glorious Jesus Christ. You know, when, when Paul was uh, walking, you know, trying to persecute the followers of Jesus Christ, when he walked in the road of Damascus, he met Jesus. And even Paul, as a Pharisee, he thought that he, he has, uh, you know, he has this great education and he has this all good, good works, good things as a religious person. But do you notice the question? When God said, Paul, Paul, why are you persecuting me? What was his answer? Who are you, Lord? He did not know Jesus Christ. Where is Jesus during this time? He was no longer on earth. He was in heaven. And the first person, member of the body of Christ, who knew Jesus Christ, and who knew, who accepted Jesus Christ, according to the basis of God's grace and purpose, it was the Apostle Paul. Paul is the first member of the body of Christ. He wrote a lot of letters. He wrote 13 letters. Here, of course, maybe some of you will disagree. You will consider Hebrews is uh, written by Paul. But that's another sidelight of, you know, uh, the writings of the Apostle Paul. But the point here is, when Paul was called by God, he responded according to the terms of God. And that was bestowed in Jesus Christ. Now, what is the importance of telling you about Paul? Paul of Tarsus became an apostle Paul. Jesus Christ, when he was in heaven, it was Paul of Tarsus, or Saul of Tarsus became an apostle Paul. In Acts chapter uh, chapter 13, verse 10, his name was changed to, to Paul. It was this person who directly received the revelation from Jesus Christ. And he wrote these letters, particularly the passage that we are looking at this evening. Christ was manifested in the flesh. But who, who, who was the one who preached about Jesus Christ, about the resurrected, about the ascended and glorified Jesus Christ? It was Paul. And think about of an encouragement. An encouragement coming from the Word of God. I am encouraged to study not only the writings of Paul, the entire counsel of God, the entire Bible. But this is, for me, a personal letter from God through the Apostle Paul. I answered, what is the condition of this glorious calling? I answered, to whom the person that God bestowed his purpose and grace. The third question is about when this purpose was bestowed in Christ Jesus. You know, time element is very important in studying the Word of God. In fact, you cannot, you cannot divorce the, 
the, the time element when you study English grammar. You have to consider the past, the present, and the future. In the same manner, time element is very important when we talk about position. When was the time, or when was that, that this purpose and grace was bestowed in Christ? Look at the last part of verse 9. I read, Who has saved us and called us to a holy life, or holy calling, not because of anything we have done, but because of His own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the foundation of the world began, before the beginning of time. Now, if you are now a little bit confused of your situation, or maybe in the future you are, you are, you will be facing challenges and that will turn your life down, then think about of this verse. Those who accepted Jesus Christ, those who, who belong to God's family. It is God who knew individually before there was time. Because God's purpose was bestowed in Christ Jesus before the world began. You know, I believe that time began during the creation. In, in eternity past, there was no time. God is eternal. He's not subject to time. But He knows us. He knows you and me. That you will be part of his family. You will be part of the body of Christ. And sometimes, we just, you know, look down ourselves. Like, how can I handle this one? Did God forget you? If you have a problem. God knows you. God knows me. Even before the world began. If your name is in, in the mind of God, before there was time, how much more now you are, be, you are part of his family. You are part of his body. And it's something that we have to realize, brothers and sisters. Because those Christians who are easily down in their situation, they do not know who they are in the sight of God. They do not know the, the time element of the choosing, the choosing method of God. This is very crucial. When you thought about yourselves, you're just considering, no, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm an ordinary Christian. You're not an ordinary people. We are not an ordinary people because God has chosen us and this was bestowed in Christ Jesus even before there was time. And how would you say that I am neglected by God? I am forgotten by God. Before you were born, God knows your name. Do you agree with that? Because He is omniscient. He's eternal. He was there before, before our time, before we were born. Christians who can easily say, Lord, you're, you're very far from me. You are, you are not working with, with me. You are not helping me. You neglected me. You are forsake, you, you forsaken me. You know the problem? Of course, it's not, it's not God's problem. It is our harsh problem. Because we do not dig deeper on the word of God. We do not understand who we are in the sight of God. That is very important. Time element. If God knows us, even our name before we were born, how much more? If God knows Wawa, before she was born, how much more? She is serving God through, you know, Promise International Academy. Same thing with you. Same thing with me. You know, there are Christians who, who easily feel this, you know, self-pity. God will tell you, how dare you, my son? I know you before you were born. You know, this is not a matter of, you know, uh, whether God is not working with us. This is a matter of our heart. This is a matter of our conviction. Brothers and sisters, 
There is no conviction apart from the Word of God. Conviction is the work of the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit will use His Word. By using His Word, you will understand what is the glorious calling of God. Do not define the glorious calling of God by your own, by your own definition. Define the glorious calling of God according to the writings here in this passage. Sometimes we are misled by other preachers. You know, just, just do it. Just, just uh, be happy. You know, to be happy as a Christian, it's, it's a shallow, you know, happiness. I define happiness. It's just like things that depends on situation. But if you are a joyful Christian, then you have to study His Word. And many Christians go to church attending different kinds of activities because they wanted to be happy. You know, happiness depends on situation, depends on circumstances. But a joyful Christian that is a, a, a product, a byproduct of studying the Word of God. If this is the time, the first time that you hear about, oh, this is, this is, this is me, this is me. God will not forsake us because He knows us even before the beginning of time. So I would like you to realize these three things, brothers and sisters, that our calling, our glorious calling, is not based on our effort. It's not based on our works. God wanted to realize His purpose, His own purpose, by grace. That's why our salvation is always apart from works. Otherwise, it's no more grace. Paul says, For ye are saved by grace through faith. And it is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. You know, sometimes we do not read so that no one should boast. We're, we do not have anything. We're nothing. We do not have anything to boast in the, in the sight of God. Because our calling, our salvation, our service is based on His purpose and grace. And we're so thankful that we know God through Jesus Christ. And we're so thankful that we have this divine revelation. We define the Bible is the, the, the scripture, the Holy Scripture inspired of God. Every, every word that comes from God was guardly, uh, guaranteed. The, 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 the guarantee of the writing of the scripture was the work of the Holy Spirit when it was revealed to the Bible writers. It was inspired by God. And therefore, the Bible is an inspiring scripture, inspiring book. You know, God did not inspire men to write the, the, the word of God. Our belief about inspiration is like the word of God was guarded the, the accuracy of the writing of the Word of God was guarded by the Holy Spirit. That is inspiration. God did not inspire Paul to write the passage that we talk about this evening. But you know, after the primary direct revelation, this Word become inspiring to us. And that's why we receive an encouragement this evening. Think about of yourself. We're, we're here with different age level. We were born in different year. We have different age here. And yet, God knows each one of us. Do not be discouraged. Be encouraged. Because before you were born, God knows your name. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we would like to thank you once more for the blessing upon your word. And we pray that we'll be able to live uh, according to your word. And as we leave this uh, room, going back to our respective uh, 
ministries, respective uh, family. We know that there are still a lot of uh, challenges that your people will be facing. Please continue, continue to use this word to remind us who we are in your sight as member of God's family. Thank you for the freedom of this country that we exercise uh, the freedom of uh, expression. We can express our feeling and we can express also your desire to save more people in this country. I pray all these things with thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Amen.